don't know what to do. What do you mean? Like, what do we say? I don't know. Introduce yourself. You introduce yourself. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Welcome to our podcast, True Crimes and Storytimes. I'm Kirsten. I'm Michelle. And today, I am actually going to do a true crime episode. Boom, 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 boom. Surprise! So, uh, me and Michelle decided to do a switch for this week. Yep, switcheroo for this week and next week. Yeah, so by the time you're listening to this, her storytime episode will already be out. Yes, it will. So, make sure you go listen to that. Yep. Um, but today, I'm going to cover the case of Betsy Faria. Have you ever heard of Betsy Faria? I have. Okay. You know I'm a true crime fanatic, but oh, I don't sure. really know many details to the story, but I have heard. There's a lot. It. There's a lot of little twists and turns. I'm definitely looking forward to hearing this because, yes. like I said, I've heard of it, but I just want to get more little details. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, um, if you listen to, uh, the Morbid podcast, they did a couple episodes on this case, uh, which is where I got the idea. Um, I also listened to a Dateline NBC podcast mm-hmm. that had a whole series on this case. Oh, wow. So, you can go listen to that or watch the Dateline episode. Um, but yeah. So, that's pretty much what I used for my sources. There's an article that I will leak. Leak? You will leak. Can't be leaked if it's already out. I know. There's an article I will link in the show notes that I used for pretty much all of my information. So, before we talk about Betsy Faria, Mm -hmm. we have to talk about this lady whose name is Pam Hupp. Um, Mm -hmm. (laughs) what? (laughs) So, uh, Pamela Marie Hupp is her name. Her maiden name is Newman was born on October 10th, 1958 to Shirley and Victor Newman. Now, when me and Michelle talked about switching, I was originally going to do the Velisca axe murders, mm-hmm. but just decided to do this one instead. And it turns out that Pamela shares a birthday with my daughter. Oh, yeah. Not 1958, but... <laughs> Definitely not. She wouldn't be your daughter if she was born in 1958. <laughs> she would be my grandma. That's literally the, uh, I was going to say age. The year yeah. that my grandma was born, so I just thought that was weird. A little bit. Um, so she grew up in a suburb in St. Louis, Missouri. Uh, her mother was a school teacher, and her father worked for decades at a Union Electric. When she got older, she held several jobs in the life insurance industry um and was fired on two different occasions for forging signatures not a good start Pam. not a not good, a good start, start. No. <laughs> um in her senior year of high school she met her first husband they had a daughter together and got a divorce six years later and then after she got a divorce she got married to mark hupp they had a child together and moved to naples florida in 1989 
But then they returned to Missouri in 2001 and settled in O'Fallon, Missouri. She got a job there working for State Farm, which is another insurance company. And she also flipped houses on the side. So she would, like, buy them and fix them and sell them. I would love doing that. Oh, that would be so fun. Yeah. So by 2010, Pam stopped working and started claiming disability for back, leg, and neck pain. Oh, I could probably do that too. Man. (laughs) While she was working for State Farm, Pam became very good friends with a woman named Betsy. I think I pronounced her last name wrong earlier. It's Faria. Oh, okay. I said Faria. That's how I read it in my head the whole time. Mm -hmm. And then I listened to the Dateline episode and Mm -hmm. it said Faria. Oh, Faria. It's Faria. Betsy Faria. Is it Betsy or Bestie? It's Betsy. That says Bestie, but it's Betsy. Oh, okay. (laughs) I was just curious. I was just curious. Betsy Faria. She was actually 11 years younger than Pam Hump. Okay. So, significantly younger. Now we're going to talk about Betsy. Um, she was 11 years younger than Pam. She was very warm-hearted and bubbly and scatterbrained. Sounds like somebody I know. Are you talking about me? No, I'm talking about me. (laughs) Oh, I was going to say, I am not scatterbrained. Thank you very much. Um... Um, um, (laughs) let's continue. (laughs) I definitely am, and so are you. So, like I said, she, Betsy met Pam while she worked for State Farm. They worked together. Okay, wait, can we back it up for a second? Yeah. I'm not that bubbly. (laughs) I'm sorry. You are. Are you sure? I'm, are you sure we're talking about me? Yeah, I think you're pretty bubbly. I, I don't know. Not to strangers. Oh, yeah. But, like, to me. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, (laughs) so she worked for (laughs) she worked for State Farm, but she was also a part time DJ on the side. How fun is that? That is fun. She was worker 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 (laughs) worker worker worker. (laughs) Anyway, Betsy and Russ Faria lived in Troy, Missouri, with her two daughters that she had from a previous marriage. They lived a pretty quiet life until 2010 when their lives flipped upside down. Betsy was diagnosed with breast cancer. That sucks. One year after her diagnosis, she found out the cancer had spread to her liver and was terminal. Pam and Betsy had lost touch, but when she found out she had terminal cancer, Pam was there for her. Betsy worried about her two daughters' financial provisions after she would pass away. Um, but she was worried that they would spend her life, her life insurance money really foolishly. And she was also worried that her husband would piss it away, I guess. Mm-hmm. Like, not spend it on things that they should spend it on. Right. So, um, Betsy had asked her dad to come to one of her cancer treatments with her. But he said when he got there, Pam was already there with her. Okay. So, Pam mm-hmm. was there for her, going yeah. to her treatments yeah. with her and stuff. This is starting to come back to me. Yeah, okay. I'm starting to remember Mm -hmm. some of this Mm -hmm. case, yeah. There was some things that I remembered, Mm -hmm. and then going through it, I was like, oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, that's probably how it'll be, too. Yeah. So, um, Pam was already there with her Mm -hmm. at her cancer treatment. Mm -hmm. Um, and then after that one session, Pam took her to all of her treatments. Well, that's at least nice of her. Yeah. Well... But did she have a hidden agenda? <laughs> we'll get into that. Um, 
So after a while of doing treatments, it looked like Betsy had beat the cancer. So her and her husband, Russ, planned a cruise as like a celebration of life type of thing mm-hmm. and was going to go in November of 2011. Okay. That October, so a month before their cruise, mm-hmm. she found out that the cancer had spread to her liver, but they went on the cruise anyway. Okay. Um, Russ even went so far as to make one of her dreams come true, which was to swim with the dolphins. Oh. So she got to swim with the dolphins. Pam was not invited to go on this cruise, but... Well, yeah, of course, because it's her and her husband. Right. Not to be rude, but like... Right. You're my best friend, but my celebration of life might just have to be me and Austin. Man. You know, sometimes... I get that. You want to spend time with your significant other yeah. alone. You know what I mean? Yeah. Actually, though, I would invite you. Not gonna lie. I mean, we are best friends. You and Logan would definitely be invited oh, to my sure. celebration of life. No kids allowed. But, yeah. I'm just saying, like... <laughs> Sometimes I understand that couples just want to be on their own. And yeah. if Pam is spending every single day with her, mm-hmm. then I can understand why she might want time away. Right. You know? Yeah. We don't spend every single day together, so. Right. A little bit different for us. So, um, even though she wasn't invited to go on the cruise, mm-hmm. um, as soon as, she, as Betsy and Russ got back, Pam was there, like, spending every second with her. Um, on December 22nd, 2011... So, like, a month after they get back from their cruise. hmm Pam and Betsy went to a library where Betsy asked a librarian to witness her sign on a change of benef- beneficiary form. Mm-hmm. So, her life insurance form. Mm-hmm. Remember how she said she was afraid that her daughters would spend it poorly and her husband would spend it poorly? hmm So, now she's making Pam. Is that according to Betsy or is that according to Pam? I don't know. I guess it's according to Pam. Mm. Um, so it you it was Russ was the benefici- beneficiary. That word is right. hard because that is her husband. Right. But and if you're married, then your significant other right. should probably be especially like, if you have kids. Like yeah, right. And I mean, her kids were teenagers. <laughs> right. So. I mean, for me, like my mom is my beneficiary for my life insurance policy because. Austin and I aren't married yet. We don't have any kids. You know what I mean? Right. So I would prefer the money to go to my mom and mm-hmm. her to be able to pay for my funeral. Even though I know Austin would be really involved. Right. You know, and she my mom would, would probably him. give him some form of money right. to help with bills and things like that. You know what I mean? But like. Yeah. And like when um, Logan was on the fire department, mm-hmm. they had to have a life insurance policy in place mm-hmm. just in case something happened. Right. And it used to be his mom and dad. Right. But then when we got married, he had a change Well, to you me. guys also have kids now, too. Yeah. So that makes a big difference. Mm-hmm. And you guys are married. Right. If I left my money to Austin and we aren't married, he's going to have trouble getting my funeral arrangements in place right. because we aren't married. Aren't legally married. Yeah. Um, so she removed Russ mm-hmm. and made Pam the sole beneficiary mm-hmm. of her $150,000 life insurance policy. On December 27th, Pam showed up at Betsy's mother's apartment to pick her up for her treatment, but Betsy wasn't there. Hmm. Betsy had already texted Pam to let her know that her mom's friend, Bobby, was going to take her. Okay. Um, she said, quote, Bobby is going and I want to spend one-on-one time with her. Mm-hmm. Pam later said that she never got the text, but when her phone record was pulled, um, she replied and said, bummer. So she got the text, but she okay. went anyway. 
Like okay. What? Yeah, that's a little rude. Yeah. So Pam then drove to the cancer center mm-hmm. to meet Betsy there, even though she wanted one-on-one time with Bobby, right? Right. Um, she said Betsy was quite surprised when she showed up. Hmm. Yeah. That's what Bobby said. Okay. I mean, yeah, I'd be surprised too. Yeah, me too. Um, after the treatment, Pam drove home to have a quick dinner with her husband and then drove back to pick, pick Betsy up and take her home. Mm-hmm. Um, originally, Russ was supposed to pick her up and take her back to her mother's house after her treatment because he was going to have a game night that night at his mm-hmm. friend's house. They have it every Tuesday. And uh, Betsy's mother just lives five minutes away from where Russ was going to be that night. Okay. So that was the plan. So he texted Betsy and said, going to game night and then coming to get you. Okay. He also said, we'll call when on way. Should not be too late. Betsy then replied and said, okay, great, honey. And then after the chemo, she said, Pam Hump wants to bring me home to bed. So he, she let him know, Pam's going to bring me home. Okay. Um, it was said that her white blood cell count was really low, so mm-hmm. she needed to, like, go home and go straight to bed to rest. Um, Russ double-checked and made sure that everything was right. Um, he said, she's bringing you. And Betsy replied, yes, she offered and I accepted. Didn't get much sleep. Mom snored. Okay. So, like I said, every Tuesday night, Russ goes to um, have dinner with his mom mm-hmm. when he gets off work at 5 mm-hmm. and then go to game night at his friend's house. Um, on Tuesday, this Tuesday, December 27th, mm-hmm. Russ worked from home and then called his mom to let her know he wouldn't have time to have dinner with her because he told Betsy that he was going to pick up dog food and he was also running low on cigarettes. Okay. So, we had to stop and get cigarettes, too. He called his mom at 5.22 p.m. Mm-hmm. He stopped and got a couple drinks at, like, a gas station at 5.57 and arrived at his friend's house at approximately 6 o'clock. Okay. At 9 o'clock, he left his friend's house, mm-hmm. stopped at Arby's because he was hungry. Okay. And went home. When he walked inside, he put the dog food on the ground and stepped into the living room where Betsy was laying on the floor. Okay. At first, he said he thought maybe she was just feeling sick, but when he knelt down next to her, he realized that something was wrong. Oh, God. There was blood pooled around her neck. Okay, I'm going to put a trigger warning here mm-hmm. because it gets kind of graphic. So, if you don't want to listen to her, how she died, skip away like a minute or so. Okay. So, there was blood pooled around her neck. Her wrists were slashed open. And one of their kitchen knives was sticking out of her throat. Good God. So he thought maybe she killed herself because she had tried that before, considering all the news that she got about her cancer and it being terminal. You'd be depressed. Yeah, but like if you... Didn't she kick the cancer? Yeah, but it came back. Oh, okay. I guess I missed that part of my bed. Yeah, so the cancer, she um, supposedly had beat it, or it looked like she beat it she mm-hmm. beat it but when she went in for another screening it came that, back right that oh, was that when sucks. they booked that trip oh, for her gotcha. celebration yeah. of life okay. but then they got the the um what's the word i'm looking for they said it was terminal right so, they got the the news the news yeah whatever okay but here's my thoughts how the hell 
I understand slashing your wrist to kill yourself, but you're not, you're not going to stab yourself in the neck. Right. Like, that's, like, I feel like people, you know, barely have the courage to slash their wrists. Yeah, that's pretty Let horrific. alone, like, stab yourself in the neck. Yeah. Yeah, no. And it's, if you already slash your wrist, like, you've already you pretty much to... done right. and what you wanted to do. You wouldn't be able to stab yourself in the neck. If you're, if both your I mean, if you're slashed, like bleeding out, yeah, right. probably not. You probably wouldn't have the energy to full force like. And if you did that first, you probably, you wouldn't be able to slash her, slash her wrist after after. Yeah, because the knife the would, wouldn't still be stuck in her neck. Right. But yeah. But at first glance, that's mm-hmm. what he thought. Okay. Um. I guess I can understand. He was in shock. Yes. So I mean, he just come home and her, his wife is dead on the floor. Right. I can understand. So he's why, why he thought that. Yeah. Right. Um, he called 911. Nice. Good job. Um, when the first responders got there, they found that her body was cold and stiff. So rigor mortis had already started setting in. Dang. Which isn't, it's not instant. It takes no, a it while. it takes a while for sure. Um, so they also saw that the blood had coagulated on her scalp and dried hard on her wrists. So she had, had to have been sitting there for a while. Okay. If if the blood was drying. Yeah. Okay. She had to be there for a few hours. Yeah. At least. So, her wrists were not slashed. Okay. They, the knife had cut all the way down to the bone. Mm-hmm. So, it wasn't just slit wrists. This was okay. like, like, yeah, it was bad. Right. Okay. It, the knife was also sliced into her skull and had been plunged into her left eye and sliced her throat, cutting her carotid artery. So, that's really where she probably died then. Yeah. Well, sliced into her skull. Depends on what happened first. Yeah. I guess. I mean, yeah. So, a fire captain and EMS supervisor both concluded that she had died more than an hour earlier. Okay. And Russ was at his friend's house. Mm-hmm. Right? When Russ called 911, he told them that she had killed herself because that's what he thought at first. Yeah. Considering... You know, she'd tried before and everything right. else. But most of her stab wounds were under her clothes. So somebody had, like, lifted her shirt up Something. and then stabbed her? And they were driven deep into her abdomen, Oof. which caused perforations in her lungs, liver, and spleen. Sounds real personal so to me. So it wasn't, like, stabbed. It was, I mean, it was, like, brutally, like, stuck in there. Yeah. She had been stabbed a total of 55 times. That is insane. 55 times. The house, it was a mess. Okay. Okay. Dishes hadn't been done. There were grocery bags on the floor. Um, there were, like, snowmen and Santas scattered around her body. This is okay. December, right after Christmas. Right. December 27th. Um, they also found a pair of Russ's slippers in the back of his closet that had blood on them. Hmm. In the back of his closet. Like, yeah. they were hidden. Also, though, that could have been, like, set up. You know, I mean, if somebody really knew their house, for example, okay, Pam up. If somebody really knew their house, <laughs> uh huh. I mean, but also he could be guilty. It's typically the husband, but if somebody we'll get into it. I'm just saying, if somebody really knew their house, that we'll could also be it. a framing. Mm-hmm. I don't know which. Honestly, I don't remember the ending of this, so I'm just like theorizing. I really don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't remember, but I'll just say there's a very clear person who did it oh okay and 
yeah we'll oh, okay. just get okay, into okay, it okay, okay, okay. so the first officer who was chris hollingsworth mm-hmm. that had arrived on scene said that russ was visibly upset but he quote had limited tears coming from his eyes so he wasn't like crying i mean uh, he could also still be in shock though. if you're in shock, i don't i don't necessarily think that's like a telling thing that he i i mean i don't think i would cry i think i'd be like in a panic attack well you'd just be like what the fuck like in like shock. literally yeah you would literally be going into shock you wouldn't know right. what to do so that doesn't really instantly make me think that he's guilty right but go ahead so he also said that he appeared to be in a state of panic having difficulty talking and breathing mm-hmm. which i mean that's what i would do i yeah. feel like i don't know i've never been in this situation before no i probably would too but i feel like i would like panic i don't mm-hmm. know well you just wouldn't know what to do like right. you would be in shock so your brain's not working right mm-hmm. you know um so he sat with russ in the police car to try and distract him and like keep him calm calm him down talking to him about the neighborhood and um he said he talked normally with him for a while and even laughed with him which he thought was suspicious that Mm. he was like laughing i still don't think that's necessarily suspicious so they took him in for questioning and during the interrogation they said his emotions were quote over the top which officers thought was suspicious as well Mm mm-hmm so, um, they asked him why he hadn't embraced his wife's lifeless body. Okay, yeah, that, w- that would make me think you're kind of guilty, okay. because I would, if I saw, God I forbid, know. like, Austin on the floor like that, I would probably rush over and, like, pick him up and try to do something. Like, that would be my first thought. I, it depends on the condition, I think, for me. Really? Like, if they're very clearly unconscious and, like, dead, mm-hmm. I'm gonna call 911. Well, I'm going to call 911, but the first thing I'm going to do, I'm I mean, going to call yeah, 911, but I'm going to be like, oh my God, like, what can I like, do? Let me look at your whole body and yeah. sure we'll see what's going on. Yeah, that's basically what I would do. But, I mean, you never evidence. Know. Evidence. Evidence yeah, or their it. life. That's the thing, though. Yeah. Like, if they're still alive, then you have a chance to save them. Right. When you do that, mm-hmm. anybody would do that for their a significant other, I feel. Right. So, um, when he was waiting in the interview room, a camera recorded him whispering, no and saying betsy while sobbing and praying so like he was just still in shock yeah but during the 10 hour interrogation he kept his composure and repeated i wasn't there i didn't kill her it wasn't See, me. i don't think they should interrogate people for that long it's, yeah 10 hours that's a long time i mean i think he just found out his wife had been murdered right so like obviously he's gonna be like in shock and then be hysterical but like a 10-hour no interrogation I mean, is too much, I feel. Yeah. Because that's longer than an average work day. Yeah. So, I just feel that's like... crazy. You're stressing people out even more. Yeah. Not saying that... I understand where they're coming from because they thought he probably did it, but... Mm-hmm. You know. So, uh, the next afternoon, he took a polygraph test and failed. Uh-oh, Russ. He said, quote, I found her like that when I got home. I walked in the door and found her. But a detective shook his head and said, no, you killed your wife. Okay, but, like, anybody can fail a damn polygraph test yeah. because I'm so anxious. Especially after you've been yeah. interrogated for 10 hours. Anybody can fail and anybody can pass. If you're, like, a freaking psychopath and you can just sit there with a straight face and your heart is just, like, If you're, straight. like, hysterical and, like, stressed, mm-hmm. you're gonna fail. Yeah. 
which I'm sure he was at this time. Yeah. Um, by this time, officers had already talked to Pam Hub. Oh, I bet they did. She said that Betsy was going to talk to Russ that evening about moving into her mom's old house so she could be closer to her treatment center, and Betsy knew he would be furious about the idea. Pam said she was nervous to leave Betsy to face Russ alone because he, quote, had a violent temper. Okay. All right. Noted. Mm-hmm. With this information, the detectives decided that he for sure killed his wife. And on January 4th, Russell Faria was charged with first-degree murder of his wife and armed criminal action. With what evidence? He found her body. That's not He was not the evidence. only one there. That's not evidence. And Pam said he was violent. That's still not evidence. Okay. I'm talking about true hard evidence. Right. Which like, is what makes me so mad about the this The slippers, case. for example. Okay. I mean, I can understand that. Yeah. That might be considered evidence. Okay. Fingerprints. DNA. Right. Hair samples. Where the hell's all this at? Okay. We'll get okay. it. Okay. We're, we're okay. We're going to get into Sorry. it. Sorry. I'm getting, I'm getting shitty. <laughs> I hate when they do that. Yeah. So, during all of this, fam. 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 Pam was fully cooperating with the sheriff's office. Oh, I'm sure she was. Giving them all the things. Mm -hmm. She gave them fingerprints, Mm -hmm. DNA samples. She told them exactly where she was that night. She said she dropped Betsy off around 7 p.m. and then drove home. She lives a little ways away from Betsy. Wait, wait, wait. Let let me... Okay. She dropped her off at 7 Mm p.m. And Russ got home at 9 Mm -hmm. and found Betsy murdered. Mm -hmm. And they said her blood was coagulated and all that. Uh Uh-huh. Mm. Okay. Mm. Exactly. Okay. That's just that's just I'm sorry y'all. I'm just okay. like <laughs> So, um Pam said that when she dropped Betsy off, her house looked creepy. I don't know what she means by that, but it looked creepy and she thought Russ was home because there was a silver Nissan Maxima in the driveway. But then when asked what she was driving, she said a silver Nissan Maxima. What an idiot. <laughs> okay. So that's important. Sorry. This silver Nissan Maxima okay. is important. Locked. Locked in the brain. Locked in it. Keep keep that in mind okay. for the whole rest okay. of the story. All right. Um, so she said it was weird that Betsy didn't have her keys or her purse at all because she said that Betsy lived out of her purse. I know people like that. But... Russ told her not to take her purse to chemo, apparently. This is according to Pam. Okay. Okay. At first, Pam said she didn't go into Betsy's home when she dropped her off. You know, she said she thought um, Wait a Russ was home and the outside looked creepy. So, she said she didn't go in. But Betsy just got done with chemo, so she probably feels like garbage. Okay. Then, she changed her story and said that she just went in to turn on the whole light so betsy could see okay okay then she said she went all the way back to betsy's bedroom Mm. okay she said when she left betsy was laying on the couch with a blanket she said quote she may have still been on the couch but today it makes sense that she walked me to the door it makes sense because it goes with your story or... Like, none of this makes any sense. No, that's too much. Okay. So, what do you actually do, lady? 
Um, so Pam said she called Betsy to tell her when she was home, but then corrected herself and said almost home. Mm. So she's all kinds of changing her story. Yeah. Um, if you were there and the story was real, I feel like you have one story and that's it. Like Russ's story. I can, yeah, I can understand little details maybe missing, you know, because if you're in shock and you mm-hmm. find out your wife's dead. Right. I can understand little details being mixed up, not exactly knowing certain mm-hmm. things. But for this, okay. y- you need to, mm-hmm. y'all murderers out here, not saying that she's guilty because I don't know, but y'all murderers out here need to write your shit down. Man. Actually, you don't because I want you to get caught, but I'm just saying. So, in court, she said she called when she got to the highway interchange because that meant she was, quote, home free. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like I said, they lived kind of a far ways apart. See, but so it's a I, tell bit of you, a drive. I tell you to text me when you get home. And you don't text me when? Do you pull in the driveway? Sometimes I don't even text you. Right. You forget. That's fine. <laughs> but on the important times when you should, yes, you do. I do. When I'm in my driveway or mm-hmm. even in my house. Yeah. See, that's... Especially not when I'm driving. Right. No texting and driving. No texting and driving. <laughs> so, uh, when the cell records were pulled, it showed that she called Betsy around 727 but she was still in Troy, where she lived. She was still in the city Betsy lived in. Mm. Mm. Pam lived in O'Fallon. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's a little little ways away from each other. Right, right. Okay. She had reached a fork in the road and pulled over to make the call. So she wasn't driving or anything. She was still in town when she called mm. Betsy's phone. Mm. Pam waited for Betsy to call back, but she never did. Mm. Wonder why. Yeah, me too. Hmm. Um, when she got home, Pam called her son and then texted Betsy and got no reply. And then began to get worried because she wasn't replying. Okay, well, what? why did she have to put the part where she called her son? That's pointless to I the story, know. but okay. Well, I don't know. That's just what she said. Mm. You know so, what I feel like? I'm sorry. I feel like um, Malachi from... Um, regular show yeah because he goes they both do it yeah (laughs) so i just keep thinking of that my bad it's okay um so she started to get worried so she called betsy's mom she told her that she was worried that betsy was mad at her for not staying because she was worried about talking to russ Mm -hmm. betsy's mom tried to call her and still got no answer so pam went to bed okay So, detectives got all this information from Pam about her story, and they left. The next day, they returned to question Mark Hupp, Pam's husband, Mm -hmm. to check her alibi. But they allowed her to stay with him for the whole interview. Okay, that's bullshit. Weird, right? Mm -hmm. Like, it's supposed to be confidential. Yeah. Like, you're supposed to sit with them alone in a room so they're not coerced. Mm. So, Mark told them that he was home alone. For the night of the 27th. Pam wasn't there. He was home alone. Oh, yeah, I bet he was. Um, Pam had called him to let him know she was at Betsy's, but his phone was in his truck, so he never got the call. Mm. And then, after that, Pam did the rest of the talking for I his whole interview. Did. I bet she did. She told them that Betsy was afraid of Russ, mm-hmm. that he was a huge drinker. He supposedly tried to drug her with Gatorade. He was very degrading to Betsy and would often talk about the money he would get after she died. Yeah, okay. Okay. Apparently, Betsy had wrote an email 
to Pam, telling her how scared she was of her husband and how he had tried to put a pillow over her face and told her that that's what it would feel like to die. Pam said that she never received the email, but urged police several times to look for it, and then swiftly corrected herself, and instead of saying email, she said document. So she she corrected herself. Okay, but how would she know if she never got it? I don't know. Maybe Betsy told her about it or something. I don't know. But then... Confusing, right? Yeah, that makes no sense. Yeah. Okay. So, she gave police all this information. Oh, wow. Oh, sounds like a lot of... Yeah. Mm. Bullshit, mm-hmm. huh? I don't even um, have to continue. <laughs> so, we're going to talk about Russ's trial. Okay. After he was charged... His cousin hired Joel Schwartz as his defense attorney. Mm-hmm. Schwartz, I like him. Yeah. I like this guy. Um, he was confused to why they weren't looking into Pamela Hupp. Me too. She was the last person to see Betsy alive and had been the maid had been made the sole beneficiary of her life insurance just four days before she died. Mm. Four days. She had no alibi. And she changed her story multiple times. So, like, he's confused. Why aren't they looking at her? Mm-hmm. Russ, though, had four people swearing he had been with them all evening. And he had left at 9 p.m. when he said he did. Okay, but if they question four people and they all have the same story. Okay, Including thank you. Russ having thank the you. same story as them. Yes. Like, uh-huh. bruh. Y'all. Okay. Mm-hmm. Detectives, I swear. So, officer said he would have had to drive home in 23 minutes and not stop to get food. Mm-hmm. And that's, like, him driving, like, fast. Like, okay. blowing like the red not lights. not the speed limit or no. anything. Like, that's how fast it would take for him to get from his friend's house to his house. Okay. Driving fast. 23 minutes. Mm-hmm. In order to get home in 23 minutes, he would have had to fly, like I said. Right. Zoom through all the lights, go around the traffic on the shoulder and whatnot. Okay. Um, they did actually find a receipt from Arby's in his car that was timestamped at 9.09 p.m. So exactly! He, did, he stopped and got food at 9.09. Oh my gosh. This, this case makes me oh so mad. Oh my gosh. This is so pissing about, me off. <laughs> everything about his story is right. I mean, he had alibis. Everybody had the same story. He had the receipt. Like, I don't know what more they want. Literally, that's literally... Okay. I'm going to need to meditate after this. <laughs> so, even if Russ did make it home in 23 minutes, he would only have nine minutes to stab his wife 55 times and clean up before he made the 911 call. And that's if he even made it home in 23 minutes. Okay. Right. And they didn't find not a speck of Betsy's blood on any part of his body. He was still wearing the same clothes that security cameras had saw him wearing. When he went to the gas station earlier and got gas and cigarettes before mm-hmm. he went to his friend's house. Okay. Boom. Boom. What more do you want, people? He was wearing the same clothes. No blood on him. And Arby's receipt. Even though her blood was coagulated and mm-hmm. dried. Mm-hmm. Like, how does it dry that fast? Okay. Right. Also, like... If he killed her right before he made the 911 call. Right. That makes no also, sense. Also, if he was stabbing her 55 times... There'd be blood everywhere. Every time you, you know, pull it out... There's probably blood Splatter. just... Right. And if he cut her carotid artery, it's... Blood everywhere. It's an artery. It's going to be squirting everywhere. Right. Like... So his... Everything checks out. 
his whole story okay makes sense right yeah it not does. guilty yeah Easy. i don't at not this guilty. point i don't think he's not guilty at all so the prosecutor mm-hmm. thought this was all suspicious oh my god all his errands were very suspicious were they he bought cigarettes at one gas station and went to another gas station to get gas probably but because it was cheaper they thought he was purposefully trying to create an alibi getting caught all the security cameras so i mean i can understand where they were coming from from that but i feel like well russ said he had all four people saying that they were at his house yeah as if that's not enough so russ said this was because he always bought his cigarettes at that one gas station because they were cheaper boom okay and gas was probably cheaper at the other gas station yep i've done that before there's been times not i don't smoke cigarettes but i've went to a gas station then get on gas buddy and you see that it's cheaper somewhere else so you go there exactly so this this isn't like an uncommon thing but it didn't matter mm-hmm. because he did all of his errands before 6 p.m and she was still alive at least until 705 p.m because they found a voicemail on mark hub's phone of pam and betsy like a voicemail of pam, pam and betsy on his phone at 705 Okay, so okay, but she was I thought still alive she, at 7.05. Right, and she said she dropped her off at 7, and from her first story, she just left Betsy to go in by herself. And then she changed it, changed it, changed yeah. it. So how long was she really there? Right. Um, The only evidence they have against him was his bloody slippers. Okay. That's the only thing that right. they can't figure out. Right, but with all the other evidence stacked up, like, to prove his innocence, don't you think that somebody could be framing him? Apparently, they did not think so. So, Schwartz was positive that the slippers were placed in the closet to frame him. Okay. Because he said, quote, it's clear it's not blood he walked through, and there's no spatter on the top, which there would have had to be if he wore them while he killed her. You don't murder somebody and then put on your slippers, end quote. True. So, uh, Schwartz read Pam's statement about Russ telling Betsy not to bring her purse. Russ said, quote, I never told her not to take her purse. What it was, we'd been gone all weekend. We went to my parents for Christmas and her sisters for Christmas with her dad. Okay. One of Betsy's friends from high school, her name was Rita Wolf. Mm-hmm. I love that name, by the way. Sorry. Rita? Mm-hmm. Rita Wolf. Mm-hmm. That just sounds fancy. Fancy. Uh, she reported talking to Betsy around 5 p.m. that day. Okay. She said in the middle of their conversation, Betsy interrupted herself, saying she left her keys at home and that she would have to ask Russ to leave the door open for her. So it was like an accident. Yeah. Okay. I mean, Russ I forget tell stuff her not all to. the time. Right. Yeah. Especially if you're going through chemo and stuff like she was. Like, that's right. not easy on your body mm-hmm. whatsoever. So, of course, she's going to be forgetful. Like, right. Right. I mean, I'm not even doing all that. And Austin has to remind me of stuff all the time because of how forgetful I am. Same. Schwartz then started looking at the failed polygraph test. hmm Because he said it looked a little off. Okay. It was only one paragraph long. Which isn't long. Yeah, that's Especially not... Especially if you're trying to get somebody... Trying to figure out if they murdered their wife. Right. Um, Russ had been up 
for over 36 hours. Jesus. At that point. Mm-hmm. And had been smoking marijuana. Okay. What does that have to do with anything? I don't know. Maybe it does something, like, the chemicals well, do something to hours. your brain or something. Well, I'm sure. You know what I mean? It, to, like, it, make the polygraph test off. Well, it, I know it raises your heart rate. For that sure, I it, think. Yeah. Right? So. So, Schwartz thought maybe it was a faux polygraph test, which are legal, but they have to be disclosed. That they are fake. Okay. Right, because... Also, I didn't think they were allowed to be used in court anyways because of how inconsistent they are. Yeah, not fake ones. Oh, polygraph tests, you mean? Yeah. Yeah. Polygraph tests in general and fake ones are not allowed to be used in court because they're not... Right. Like, consistent. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, he said, quote, There were significant, consistent psychological responses indicative of deception. Yeah, after 36 hours of not sleeping and you're smoking marijuana... Right. Probably. It's going to be off. Mm-hmm. Ruff, Ruff, Russ. Ruff, Ruff. <laughs> Russ offered to take a second polygraph test. And so did all four of his friends, his alibi witnesses. But the prosecutor declined. Oh, yeah, because he has his head on straight now. Right. Schwartz then started looking at Pam's story. Okay. Again. Because mm-hmm. there's so many different things that she said. First, she thought she had seen a silver Nissan sedan, the Nissan Maxima. Her her car, right? Or the car that she saw in the driveway. Which was her car. Okay. <laughs> right? This is She's, what you said at the beginning. Well, yeah. She said she saw a silver Nissan Maxima in the driveway, mm-hmm. but then she said she was driving the silver Nissan, Nissan Maxima. Mm-hmm. So, they didn't really know which, which it was. Okay. Right. She said... It might have been Russ's blue Ford Explorer SUV, which is weird because... That uh, looks nothing like a silver Nissan sedan. Right. But, but a silver Nissan sedan and a Ford Explorer don't look anything alike, okay, right? Okay, and one is silver and one is blue. Okay, yeah. so like what? Makes me want to look them up and see what the difference is. Well, I'm sure there's a big difference. A sedan is also a car, not an SUV. What the heck? That's yeah, not even my, close to the same thing. My car is a sedan. Okay. It's like a bigger yeah. vehicle. Like a bigger four-door. Like Logan's like, car? Is it is, a sedan? No, it's not a sedan. His is more of a compact car. Okay. Mine's a sedan. Because okay. mine's bigger than his. Gotcha. And longer. And we know what a Ford Explorer it's a looks SUV, like. We don't need to yeah. So, totally different things. Yeah. Um, And then at first she said she didn't go in the house. Right. And then said she went all the way to the bedroom. Mm-hmm. Schwartz said, quote, she went everywhere there was potential evidence to be found, end quote. So, she was oh, everywhere. Oh, yeah, because so, she said she went to Betsy's bedroom, which is also Russ's bedroom, Which right? was where they found the slippers, the slippers in the closet. Okay. And she could have said, oh, well, I got Betsy a blanket. Where'd you get the blanket from? Exactly. The, the bedroom. The mm-hmm. closet. The closet. Some people keep blankets in their closet. Yeah. Mm. Come mm. on now. Mm. So, Pam... Gave a sample of her DNA, but there was no record of her DNA ever being um, compared. Come on, detectives. What are y'all doing? So they didn't even use it. It sounds a lot like the LAPD to me. They did not even compare her DNA to anything at the scene. Dude, why did they do this stuff? Nothing. No one confirmed where she was, sorry, what she was wearing that night. Mm -hmm. And nobody tested her car or her clothes for traces of blood. 
even though she was the last person to see Betsy alive. The cops were so focused on Russ, and they had such bad tunnel vision that they fucked the shit all the I way mean, up. this is some fucked up. If your tunnel vision is that bad, come on now. You don't need to be a detective. Also, it's like... Just saying. You're well, doing I can understand wrong. why they get tunnel vision, because they think one person did it. But also, but like, as a detective, I know, as a detective, they need to be more open-minded. And even if you think, oh, this isn't a possibility, you should still be testing that route regardless. Right. Because right. as a detective, you need to have an open mind. Right. So, Pam called Mark mm-hmm. and Betsy on her way home because she didn't want to get lost. Even though she had been back and forth to Betsy's house multiple Excuse times. Excuse me, she didn't want to get lost? She didn't want to get lost? Excuse me, no. Right. No. That's Girl, what I'm saying. you're tripping. Nope. That's what I'm saying. So, Schwartz thought it out. If you went out of your way to drive your friend home just so she could get there a few hours earlier because she needed sleep so badly, why would you bother bother her after she left mm-hmm. by calling when you were just a few miles from her house? Right. If you were so worried about her getting sleep. Right. And if she didn't answer your call and you knew she was exhausted by chemo and coming down with the cold, why wouldn't you just think she wanted to get some sleep? Why were you so worried about Not her? get worried. Yeah. Right. So, it, none, of it, none of it made sense. After the change of beneficiary, Pam and Betsy had went to the post office to mail the form and Pam said she had to get something, like mail something to her mm-hmm. mom. But changed her mind because she was going to see her mom later that day, which doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. Um, Pam told State Farm that they had gone straight to the post office after they signed the form because Betsy wanted to make sure the form was postmarked. Doubt it. Okay. Also, Why was that important to her? I don't know. Why did she want to send something to her mom? And if she was just going to see then her later her that day. Right. That makes no sense. I would not send something to my mom. No. We live in the same town. I'd be like, hey, I have something for you. Let me bring it to you. Or come get it. Yeah. State Farm contacted Detective Sergeant Ryan McCarrick Mm -hmm. and gave him this information about going to the post office. Right. But he told them that Pam was not a suspect. So they have no reason to be concerned. Oh, my God. About paying her for the life insurance. Because she's trying to get this money. Right. No. No, no, no. No. Pam told the police, quote, if it's mailed Friday, we had Christmas. She had to be killed. How does that work? She has to be killed or they have to receive it before she's killed. Otherwise, he's still the beneficiary. So if I set it up in my own little mind, why didn't I just wait till Friday to be sure they got it? No. <laughs> okay. So. <laughs> she's still. Yeah. She's, otherwise, he's still the beneficiary. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because they had to get it before she was killed. She thought of this before she even killed Betsy. Right. Period. Okay. Oh, I, was, I think she did, by the way. Okay. Yeah. Just so, you know. I, mean, I don't know for sure, but I'm feeling like she did. Evidence is pointing directly to Pam. Okay. Allegedly. See, that's what I thought this whole time, too. Okay. Okay. Um, so, but she knows where Russ is every Tuesday. Yeah, she's so close she to Betsy and she hangs out with Betsy every day. She knew he wasn't going to be home. Mm-hmm. So, what that is that? That was probably her only chance, too. Her perf- the perfect opportunity for her to swoop on in, right? Well, that, and also, like, if he's at work, then he really has a solid alibi. So, she couldn't do it while he was at work. Right. 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 
So the only other time that Russ probably wouldn't be home is Tuesday. Tuesday. Okay. So Schwartz went through and replayed Pam's interviews over and over and over again, trying to figure them out. <laughs> he said she was very confident in her answers, didn't like waver or anything. Um, she was very descriptive and, and chatty with the officers, very mm-hmm. casual. She said, quote, I love her to death. It really hurts my feelings. I didn't put a gun to her head and make her fill out the form. Yeah, but obviously she's really pushy because yeah. when Betsy said she just wanted one-on-one time with that one person, Bobby, she just, she just showed up. Slithered her way in. And then when Russ said he was going to pick her up, um, Pam was like, no, I'll pick her up. Right. Like, she's, she's very just very pushy, pushy and mm-hmm. seems like she could have pushed Betsy into that yeah so dr ronald fisher Mm -hmm. who works in physical medicine and rehabilitation wrote a letter for pam stating she could not undergo a polygraph due to a medical condition oh good god okay pam had wrote a letter to dr fisher that said quote dear dr fisher could you please write detective kaiser a letter Stating that I was not able to do a polygraph due to medical reasons. Don't need any more detailed than that. End quote. So she asked him to do this. No specific reasons, just medical reasons. I want to smack her. So you can't do a polygraph test? What kind of medical reasons prevent you from doing a polygraph test? We'll get into it. Okay. He said, quote, she said she didn't think she could do it. Apparently, the police thought that she couldn't do it. End quote. Mm. But there was no medical condition that she had to prevent her from taking a polygraph test. Pam denied writing the note, which Schwartz had a literal copy of in his files that was faxed to him from Dr. Fisher. Bam. Like, she said she didn't do it, but he literally has it in his hand. Like, what is this? Yeah. Is this your handwriting? Forged? I I bet you did. Hmm. Bet it is. Okay. Yep. Also, why would anybody forge that? I don't know. No one. It was her. Yeah. So, McCarrick said, quote, I did not see any signs of deception that would lead me to believe that she was indicating anything that was untrue to me. Um, Schwartz asked Pam what her medical conditions were, and she said she had, oh, drop foot. That's supposed, that says drop food. Yeah, I was like, what is that? I know. Um, she had drop foot and balance problems, which does not affect your ability no. to take polygraph Definitely tests, first not. of all. Definitely not. Um, um, when, no. when asked if she had a head injury, she said yes, but she has no idea what exactly it is. Apparently, she's had, like, head injuries in the past. Okay. Um, you would have a, a record from your doctor then. Right. When asked, oh, I already said that. Mm-hmm. Schwartz said, quote, how do you know you have a memory issue? And she said, well, because you're asking me questions and I don't remember. Face palm. By the yeah. way, that was the sound of my hand Face hitting palm. my forehead. Literally. No. Right. <laughs> I, no. Oh my God. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm laughing because it's just ridiculous. So she then said that she doesn't have health or life insurance for herself because she doesn't believe in it and she can't afford it but her husband has life insurance oh she doesn't believe in it and she can't afford it but she sure believed that betsy could sign it over to her man 
and her husband also has life insurance. Good Lord. She said if she wanted a lot of money, quote, I could kill him instead of her. That's why you killed her, so you didn't have okay. to kill him. Okay. And it would make you less suspicious killing her than right. it would your husband. Mm-hmm. Oh. Russ's trial began November 18th, 2013. Mm-hmm. Leah Askey was the Lincoln County prosecutor. Mm-hmm. She said that his motive was greed, pointing out examples of Russ cussing, smoking pot, having a temper, being crude or bossy, having school loan debt, and believing he was still a beneficiary of his wife's life insurance. So that was what she said his motive was. Okay. Okay. That's a prosecutor. Askey is the prosecutor. Right. Where'd she get this information, though? I don't know. Pam? Apparently. Russ's two stepdaughters, so Betsy's daughters, mm-hmm. testified that he and Betsy fought often. Okay. Um, and at this point, her two daughters were convinced that Russ killed their mother. Okay. Okay. So, Askey's question suggested that whoever killed Betsy had showered, cleaned up, and let the dog out afterwards. Mm. Russ was the only person who knew where the towels were and the only person who would be able to control their dog, who was a chow. I don't believe that. And if you know, chows are, like, pretty aggressive breeds to anybody that's not their owner, basically. But if Pam was at Betsy's house every day? Right, the dog would get used to her. Mm Mm-hmm. So, a test was done to see if there was any evidence of blood in the home. You know, like the blue light test? Yeah. Um, but they couldn't find anything. That's weird. Right? There's nothing in the drain pipes, nothing on the kitchen floor, or on the towel drawer where he would have got a towel out. Hmm. There were no bloody footprints in the home or anything that matched the slippers at all. Okay, so that just makes it even more... Weird, right? Yeah. Schwartz was convinced that Betsy had died before 7.21 p.m. Dying before 7.21 would explain her rigid body, the rigor mortis. Okay. Askey questioned the doctor that did the autopsy about cadaveric spasm, which would cause rigor mortis almost immediately if death is preceded by extreme physical exertion. Okay. Okay. The doctor said it was rare, but it was possible. Askey called Margie Harrell, who was the directory of 911 services for Lincoln County. She didn't take Russ's call, but she had listened to the audio tape. She said, quote, with this one, there was hysteria. Then it was, you asked a question, you get an answer. And then it would go back to be hysteria again, end quote. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of all over the place. Askey's next point was that there were eight sperm cells found in Betsy's body. So he must have had intercourse with her before he stabbed her. Um, Here's a little biology lesson for you. Yeah, sperm can last in the vagina for a while. Yes. So after intercourse, hundreds of sperm can remain in the body for up to 72 hours. Yeah. Russ told police that him and Betsy were intimate Sunday night. So, two days before. Mm Mm-hmm. And she died two days after they, you know. Yeah. So, it was very possible that, you know, eight were left because it was already, had already been two days. If it was immediately after, there would be hundreds. It would be be a lot more. Right. 
Russ and Betsy's phones were never mapped the night of the murder, but Schwartz brought in an expert. Okay. Like a tech tech person. Mm-hmm. Um, his name was Greg Chatton. He was the owner of Forensic Computer Science. Co- Forensic Computer Service. Those are big words. Yeah. Um, he testified that Russ's phone was still at least 10 miles from his home at 925. There we go. Okay. The, his phone reached his house mm-hmm. at 937, and then he called 911 at 937. So it was like immediate. He right. got home and saw her and was like, oh my gosh. Schwartz was not allowed to ask about Pam's phone in front of the jury. Dumb. Don't know why. He wasn't allowed. When he asked to cross-examine her inconsistencies in her story, the prosecutor objected that he was, quote, impeaching the witness. So she's just a witness at this point. Yeah. She is not a suspect. Right. Whatsoever. Schwartz did manage to ask Pam away from everybody else Mm -hmm. why she first told the police she didn't go into betsy's home and it changed her story she said quote i had not planned on staying in the house and then i turned around and said that i did go in with her end quote that doesn't make any sense but okay right she also said quote i have a little bit of a memory problem i'm 55 and going through menopause end quote okay yeah because your age and menopause is gonna cause you to forget the i actually thing. think menopause does cause some does sort it? of memory memory problem but not like to the point of this you know what i mean like like forgetful yeah forgetfulness not memory Lying. problem yeah okay so in the closing arguments mm-hmm. ascii said russ quote decided that this would be the ultimate role play months before maybe years before he had the idea and i think he brought it to his friends end quote so she said, quote, he made all of these stops that, so that he can establish an alibi. And I submit to you that he had sex with her, that he violates her one more time, that he controls her one more time. End quote. Dumb. She said there was no bless on Russ, bless, no <laughs> blood on Russ's clothes because he was naked because he had sex with her. He showered off the evidence, saw their dog investigating the corpse. Put the dog on a chain outside, cleaned up the blood while calling 911, and then realized there was blood on his slippers and threw them in the closet. All at the same time, one of his friends delivered his phone and the Arby's receipt to Okay, his house. yeah, but, <clears throat> all right, but, yeah. yeah, sure. And also, if um, his slippers had blood all over them, why would the hell would he just throw the evidence in the back of his closet like the police yeah. aren't going to freaking look there? Okay. Um, it was also said that there was a bloody, like, dog footprint. Oh, that's sad. Yeah. So, um, then Schwartz began his closing argument. He went through all the forensics and the timing and his alibi. Mm-hmm. Um, he said it was a murder designed to look like rage. He said, quote, there were no irregularities in those stab wounds. They were methodical, neatly aligned, no wiggle to the blade, and many were inflicted after death. Askey had the final word, since she was the prosecutor. Quote, there isn't any evidence that points anywhere else. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. All right. Okay. Okay. 
When Schwartz objected, the jury was told to disregard the statement, but many of them must have agreed with it. One juror actually scribbled a note, quote, They're trying to pin this on Pam Hupp. No. Why are people... <sighs> yeah. After four and a half mm. hours, which isn't really that long, okay? Not really. No. Not, not for a murder. I feel like it. sometimes it takes days to go for the jury to go through evidence Mm -hmm. um they returned with a guilty verdict oh my god okay nope just forget all the evidence you know right we're gonna believe the other person's story because pam's a woman Mm -hmm. and she's not the husband not to say that you know what let me back that up (laughs) i don't want to say that okay you can just cut that out later okay Jury members told press that they thought his alibi was a little too pat, and his friend's stories were too similar. Okay. Okay. Isn't that what an alibi is supposed to do? Like, all the stories are supposed to match exactly. No lying. No inconsistencies. Don't mind the Arby's receipt or the cell phone records. Right. No, that was just him planning his alibi. So, Russ Faria was sentenced to life in prison without parole. Yeah. Towards the end of the trial, Schwartz asked Pam why it took her so long to set up the trust for Betsy's daughters. My mother died on October 31st of Alzheimer's that I was taking care of. Mm. Sounds sus to me, Pam. The day after the trial ended, he started getting emails claiming that Pam's mother didn't die of Alzheimer's. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. You thought it ended there, right? He was convicted of murder. He did it, right? Nope. There's more. Um, Her mother, mm-hmm. Shirley Newman, mm-hmm. was showing signs of dementia. But what killed her was a fall from her balcony on the third floor of her apartment. Okay, Pam. Okay. Two, okay, Pam. Right. Two of the upright metal balusters had broken and were lying on the ground next to her body. Yeah, because she ran full force off the balcony to break those. Mm -hmm. They were metal. Like how? Yeah. She had eight times the normal dose of Ambien in her system. Okay. That's crazy. So, on the night of October 29th, Mm -hmm. she spent the night with Pam. And Pam had to take her to the, like, emergency room for some back pain. Okay. Um... Pam brought her back to her assisted living community around 5 p.m. on October Mm -hmm. 30th and told staff not to expect her for dinner that night or breakfast the next morning, but she would probably be down for lunch. Okay, so she was at assisted living, but it wasn't anything crazy then, right? Because some assisted living places, if you have your own apartment and everything, then you don't really need, like, a whole lot of help. That means, like, you, like, there's a difference between assisted living and nursing home yeah she was in assisted living in her own apartment just barely struggling with dementia taking care of herself so they probably the people obviously they cooked breakfast lunch and dinner Mm -hmm. and then probably helped her with her meds and checked on her every once in a while made sure she had a shower and everything but if she has her own apartment then she's cognitive enough yeah you know um so after lunch that day a housekeeper went to check on shirley and found the apartment door was cracked. Water was running in the bathroom, and the patio door was open. 
that's when she looked over the balcony where she saw the broken rails and saw her body laying in the grass. Jeez. She was still in her night clothes. She had been confused recently, so they thought maybe she forgot to take, she thought she forgot to take her Ambien, so she took it more times, but like mm-hmm. eight times. I don't know. That's kind of excessive. Yeah. Um, if she was, if she had slight dementia, mm-hmm. I don't think she's going to forget that many times. Yeah. They thought maybe she was groggy and tried to like water her flowers and tripped. Mm-hmm. Um, but all Schwartz could think about was Pam's remark to the detective in charge of the investigation. She said, quote, if I really, and I hate to say it, wanted money, my mom is worth half a million that I get when she dies. If I really wanted money, there was an easier way. Way to tell on yourself, dumbass. Okay. When detectives showed up to her house to ask about her mother's death, she talked through her cracked door for more than 30 minutes. So she didn't even open her door all the way. She was just standing there. That's not sus. Right. She said, quote, the people in the home are saying she committed suicide. So I'm not really sure what's going on. A structural engineer examined the posts and said it would take a lawnmower or a vehicle to cause that much bending. A 210-pound woman would cause 420 pounds of force if she fell head-on into them. Right. But that was still nowhere near enough. So even if she fell straight into it, yeah, that wasn't enough to bend them that much. And you have to think, if it's an assisted living facility... Those bars are going to be sturdy. Yeah, for sure. Because of things like this. Well, even on a regular balcony. Like anywhere. It's not even an assisted living place necessarily. I think Mm -hmm. it's any apartment complex. If you have a balcony, like Mm -hmm. it's going to be sturdy. Right. So in the end, police didn't deem her death suspicious. They didn't think it was suspicious at all. You know what? I was thinking about your balcony. Mm -hmm. At your old apartment. Mm -hmm. Was it that sturdy? think mine was yeah i was about I think to say it was pretty loose maybe it is because it's assisted living they're like bolting it making in. sure it's in mm-hmm. there so um on july 21st 2014 pam gave a deposition for a civil trial mm-hmm. betsy's daughters were suing her for the money gotcha quote did she mention to you that she wanted the money to be used for her daughters the lawyer asked absolutely not was Pam's reply okay she waited until a week before Russ's trial in November 2013 to fund the trust with a hundred thousand dollars so she was supposed to set up a trust for her daughters right for Betsy so they couldn't get it until they were a certain age when they were more responsible she didn't set it up until a week before the trial Betsy died in December of 2012 wow 2012 or 2011 Mm -hmm. one of them years um, so even still, that's a while after. Yeah. So, um, after the trial, a few weeks after the Russ's trial, the trust was emptied. The trust that was supposed to be for Betsy's daughters was emptied. If that doesn't even, like, scream even more so that she's guilty. Pam said, quote, it's a revocable trust, so I just revoked it. For what? Because she could. For what? because i just want to see yeah. this lady one t- one time where does she live because i mean where where is she located right now because i need to know i just i just want to talk <laughs> i just want to talk 
On February 24, 2015, Russ Faria's case was remanded, and in June, it was decided that he would get a new trial. Thank God. The first time around, an officer testified that nothing showed up when they darkened the house and did the blood analysis, the mm-hmm. pictures. But in the summer of 2015, Schwartz received a CD from someone in ASCII's office that held 132 crime scene photos that he had never seen before. Thank you to that person. Hmm. Thank you, because obviously they knew that something was wrong. Yeah, they were like, I work for this person, but this ain't right. Mm -hmm. So, some were solid black, didn't detect any blood. Mm -hmm. Some showed a slight luminescence with substance. Yep. With substances other than blood. Okay. Um, and the rest were just like regular daylight shots. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't that they didn't develop. It was that the photos didn't show what they wanted them to show. Okay. So they're like, oh, I know you're a murderer, but I'm just going to let you walk free. Right. Then you go and kill your mom. Nice. He also received a video of an interview with Pam where she said that her and Betsy were lovers okay a friend of pam's no said that quote pam was the most homophobic person i'd ever met she'd say quote that's not normal that's not right oh my god first of all you fucking suck but but second of all what the hell that just came out of left field i mean that would explain why betsy would want pam to have the money if they were secret lovers i don't believe that if she's that homophobic which, you're a piece of shit for that, but... You're a piece of shit all around. I mean, come on. I mean, yeah. Yeah. So, at the beginning of the investigation, Pam said that Russ seemed nice enough. But she said a month or so before Betsy's death, they were together at Betsy's house when Russ came home and pushed Pam against the wall with his arm around her neck and said, quote, if you ever come over here again, it'll be the last time. If I ever catch you guys again, I'm going to bury you in the backyard, end quote. Four months later, in October, a month before his trial, Pam showed up with more news. Oh, I bet she did. More news. She remembered. She remembered. She saw Russ at the crime scene. Because it's his house? She saw him. Okay. Because it's his house. In 2012, she told detectives she didn't see him the night of Betsy's murder. Remember, she pulled up to the house and thought he was home because the silver Nissan Maxima was in the driveway. Her car. Okay. There is videotape of her saying she stood outside Betsy's house and realized she did see a car that night. It wasn't white, but it was a light color. She said... I recall it as silverish. Your silver Nissan Maxima. Okay. She then said there were two men inside, and one of them she thought was Russ. Yeah, okay. Okay. She is no longer saying saying the car in the drive was the silver Nissan. Mm-hmm. Quote, I remember it was an SUV, which means that the silverish car could have been the Nissan. Mm-hmm. Okay. She blames all of her memory problems on taking Ambien for years and previous head injuries. She okay, says okay. that she says that if she is asked the same question two days apart, the answer will most likely change. 
She's trying to cover her ass right normal. now, and it's not working. The detective said it's good when she wants it to be, and it's bad when she wants it to be. So, she can basically convey her memory to be whatever she wants. Mm-hmm. Two weeks before trial, Schwartz learned that a forensic computer expert had finally found the document that Pam kept telling police to look for on Betsy's computer. Mm. That she never got, but she knew, knew about. It was the only document on the laptop with the author listed as unknown. A fragment with the same text was associated with Microsoft Word 97 software, which was not on Betsy's laptop. Let me guess. Her laptop had been connected to a Wi-Fi network called The Club the day Pam watched Betsy play tennis. The Club. The Club. (laughs) (laughs) The Microsoft Outlook email application had been opened at the same time, but because Betsy didn't use Outlook, it wasn't configured and the document couldn't be emailed. Weird. Well, Um, if she didn't use Outlook, why is it on her laptop? Okay. Cookies showed a search for Betsy's signature block on that laptop. Oh, good God. So she's searching for her own signature on wow, her laptop. because she can't mm. just, like, you know. So the whole docu- the document said, quote, I know we talked about this yesterday, but I feel I really need you to believe me. I really do feel that Russ is going to do something to me. He continued to tell me how much money he would make after I die. Last night was the worst. I fell asleep on the couch while watching TV. I woke up to Russ holding a pillow over my face. He said that he wanted me to know what dying feels like. I need to change my life insurance. Do you think I could put it in your name and you could help my daughters when they need it? If something happens to me, would you please show this to the police? Bullshit. End quote. Bullshit. That's very specific, huh? Yeah. That's pretty, very pretty specific. specific. Why wouldn't you just tell her this to your to her face if you see her all the time? Also, can I point out that Pam said she never got this email. So how does she know she about it? But she knew what it said. Yeah. She because knew she pointed out word for word. Oh what well, it said. it said that Russ tried to hold a know, pillow over her face. Yeah, and that you know she wanted to change her life insurance to Pam. But she knew all these things, but she never got it. Okay. And it was on Betsy's computer. Mm-hmm. That she had never been on, right? Right, right. Sitting in the gallery, Betsy's close friend, Rita Wolf, from earlier, Mm -hmm. thought Betsy would never articulate things that way. She was the the fly-by-the-seat-of-your-pants type. And if she felt all those things, she would have called me for help, not typed a document. Literally, who? Who, Why am I going to type this up? Yeah. Why can't I just call you and talk, vent, talk about my feelings? That's not going to do anything. Right. So, since the beginning, Schwartz was sure Russ didn't kill Betsy. Okay. Not even a... He didn't think it... Just a little bit. Yeah. 100% positive. So, he picked up the phone and called the U.S. Attorney's Office and begged for a review of the case. He Mm -hmm. said, quote, somebody else is going to die. I feel that, too. End quote. And that's where I'm stopping for today. Oh! There is so much more to this story. That's crazy. I would have kept going. I hate to make this two parts, but it gets even crazier in part two. That's crazy. You just wait. I'm not going to tell you what, though. Mm-hmm. Just have to find out next week. So That was good. That was good. Thank you. It was one of my 
I don't want to say one of my favorite cases I've heard of because mm-hmm. it kind of sucks. Like, it's, you know, a murder case. But yeah. it is interesting. It's something that, like, really catched speaks my attention. to your heart. Yeah. You know, like, something that you felt. That's why when you were, like, I actually don't want to do the Velisca axe murders. I would prefer to do this instead. Mm-hmm. I was, like, okay. Because I've never really, like, done a whole lot of research on this case and i felt like this is one that spoke to you oh yeah and when a case speaks to you i feel like you just need to do it it like gets my blood boiling yeah and like so angry well if you guys want us to do more reverse episodes let us know yeah thinking about doing this a little bit more often i think Mm -hmm. it kind of gives us both a break yeah because when you do true crime over and over and over again or you do story time over and over you and over again you get kind of out. yeah like and constantly doing the even though thing. i really enjoy true crime oh, yeah. and we both enjoy like creepy stuff so yeah. obviously but i think that we should do this a little bit more often so we can you know get a little break from mm-hmm. both if that makes sense it's nice i yeah. like it but like i said i will link everything in the show notes the article that i used um all of the podcasts that I've listened to, the Dateline episode, you should, um, all that. Yeah, you should get a link to the Dateline episode on this. Like, maybe you can find it on Amazon or something mm-hmm. where you can rent it if you want to watch it. Hulu or Netflix or something. I know Dateline NBC is on, I want to say Paramount Plus. Oh, is it? Or okay. Peacock. But this episode is not on there. Okay. So, it's weird. Alright. Well, guys, that was really interesting and i'm ready for part two already yeah make sure you come back for part two because it just it just like the second part is just as crazy as the first part for sure don't forget to uh go subscribe to our patreon yeah the link will be in the show notes as well we're releasing our mukbang next sunday mm-hmm. well actually when you hear this it'll be this sunday so go check that out if yep if you want to subscribe to our patreon for sure lots of fun stuff on there i'm mm-hmm. saying that every time <laughs> we have a uh, tier that starts at three dollars if you literally just want the unedited uncut version of our episode like all of so. our antics yep as clear all our of throat. our pauses all of our laughing hysterically <laughs> yeah in the middle of this to try to like keep it light for us mm-hmm. so. tripping over our words yep rereading yeah over and over <laughs> again sometimes five times man <laughs> all i right. actually did that a couple times today so if you go subscribe to the Patreon, you could listen to that. Yep. Or you can listen to us talk in between breaks. Mm-hmm. And be like, oh my god. What are they talking about? Yeah. Well, you won't know unless you go subscribe and listen to it on there. Yep. So, we appreciate you guys listening. Yeah. Thanks for listening. Come back next week. Yep. Come back for part two. Mm-hmm. All right. We'll talk to you later. Bye.